0: Today is finally the day the CERB Pro First Responder Bowl 315 kickoff this afternoon. We'll have final bowl prep for you on this episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. As always, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, Five days a week, your team every day. Um, I hope everyone had a good holiday weekend. I apologize for the unexpected uh, delay. There hasn't been a um, you know an episode yesterday and last Friday. I came down with a non-COVID related illness, but finally that is in the rearview mirror. So we are back. Today is the day, three fifteen kickoff in the serve pro first responder bowl between the Air Force Falcons and the Louisville Cardinals. We'll talk final bowl prep for you here on the show, beginning with the keys to the game for the Cardinals, one for the offense, one for the defense. And as we did last Thursday, identifying the offensive players to watch in this matchup for both teams, we're going to switch to the defensive side of things, identifying two players to watch for both the Falcons and the Cardinals on the defensive side of the ball. And then finally, we will talk final predictions and or I'm sorry, final thoughts and predictions on the matchup. Before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. Also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. You can check out my personal Twitter in the handle in the graphic at the bottom left hand of your screen. And you can follow the podcast Twitter page at lo. Underscore Global. So let's get right on into the show keys to the game for the Cardinals against the Air Force Falcons. There are two and we kind of touched on these, um, you know, in a pre in the very first bull prep episode for the offense. It is about establishing the run. Air Force is a very good rushing defense. We'll talk about the significance of that on offense here in just a second defense. It is getting the Falcons in third and long situations. And obviously, I'll give you some rationale here in just a second. But going back to the offense. Um, The Louisville offense, especially running the football over the season, has gotten progressively better. There was a stretch in the uh, middle part of the ACC slate to where the Cardinals, I think it was five games, to where they rushed for over 200 yards as a team in five straight consecutive games at the end of the season. That necessarily wasn't the case um, in that loss against Kentucky and uh, in in some other contests as well. But uh, for, you know, a whole sample size of the season, a whole season's body of work. The Cardinals rushed the ball really well, and it wasn't necessarily all one player. Um, Jalen Mitchell, Hassan Hall, Travion Cooley, Malik Cunningham, it was a by-committee approach. Malik Cunningham, probably the most dangerous runner, but Jalen Mitchell leading the way in that Cardinal backfield. And then there's been a a, a kind of a revolving door of players coming in and – Really showing out, uh, Maurice Berkeley being one of those as well. Juarr Jordan got some late reps against uh, his former team later in the season. So, but the reason why this this is extremely important to get the running game going against the Air Force Falcons. Number one, as we've been talking all season, getting the rushing attack going, especially early. Allows the passing attack to be able to flourish, especially with a offense that is down, you know, two of its top five receivers in Jordan Watkins and Justin Marshall. It's not the fact that I'm scared that they can they can't replicate their production because I believe they can. It's it's in fact exactly opposite of how I feel because I have a ton of trust in Marshawn Ford. I've got a ton of trust in Amari Huggins, Bruce, Tyler Harrell, and some of the younger players, uh, Josh Johnson, etc. So um, it's not necessary not necessarily indicative of my distrust of the current receiving group. I just think that, you know, with a defense, now this is the kicker here. Air Force's rushing defense is seventh in the country in yards per game allowed to their opponents on the ground. 94.7. They're just ahead of Clemson who had 98.8. It would be better than any opponent that the Cardinals have played thus far. Yes, you do have to take into consideration that strength of schedule. They're in the bottom 100 of strength of schedule in the country. That has to be, you know, brought up over and over because it has the ability to skew some of the results and taint them and make them seem like they're better than they really are. Although, you know, overall through the season, Air Force has a top 20 defense across the board for their schedule in the Mountain West Conference. So nine and three, the Air Force Falcons are. And it's really just a matter of being very sound on both sides of the ball offensively getting the rushing attack going would number one um, really kind of maybe throw the air force defense into a frenzy, because if you're able to get the, you know, the rushing attack going against a very good rushing defense, then not only are you setting the tone up up front in the offensive line, and that's indicating that the offensive line is carving out holes, but also you're allowing your passing game to get going. And Malik Cunningham is very dangerous when that uh, rushing attack is flourishing. So, that's the number one thing to get the offense going. Defensively, a little bit t- taller of a task. The Falcons' offense, number one in the country, just around 340 yards on the ground per game for Air Force, and that has been, you know, the big enigma for the global defense coming into this matchup is how do they stop them? And it's all about containment. It's about getting them in third and long situations. When I watch the film on the Air Force Falcons and I watch games on You know, against Boise State, against Army, against Navy. What I've seen is when they get into third long situations, quarterback Hazik Daniels struggles, completes less than 46% of his passes on the year. He has less than 1,000 yards passing, and obviously that shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise, considering the fact that the Falcons possess the number one rushing attack in. FBS Division One college football, so it's just a matter of getting them in third-long situations. Easier said than done. It brings through a current, or not current. Uh, it brings through a uh, a certain level of discipline for your defense. We'll talk about that here. Uh, the two key defensive players for the Cardinals. Um, you know, you have to be disciplined. Um, you know, I, I. Have some worries about the deception of the offense and how well they execute that deception that Air Force does. So it's just a matter of getting them in third and long situations because we've seen, you know, especially uh, I look back at that game against Kentucky when you establish the run against Louisville it opens up a lot of things, um, you know, a lot of possibilities, you know, but, you know, obviously Air Force doesn't have the passing attack that the Wildcats do, but when you're able to get the ground game going and getting chunk yards six, seven yards at a time and just moving down the field, the Cardinals have struggled against the run pretty much all year long. Um, well, let me, let me put it into context. They, they don't necessarily struggle with shutting down a team's number one option, but, you know, as a collective unit, they've shown, you know, Bits and pieces throughout the season to where they'll give up chunk yardage, big plays. That has to be able to be limited to a minimum in this contest against the Falcons, because one thing that they they have is they have about four four guys on that team that run the ball extremely well: the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, the fullback. There's so many different options, especially when you run that uh, triple option offense. It's going to make things difficult for the Cardinal defense to ensure that they. Find success this afternoon. It's about getting them into situations to where Hazik Daniels has to throw the football. I'm talking 3rd and nine, third and 10, third and 11, third and 8. Something to where, at the very least, you make them hesitate and not think, okay, well, we're going to run regardless on 3rd and short. You have to put them in situations to where you're making the opposing offense uncomfortable. And the way teams have made the Air Force offense uncomfortable, throughout this season has been forcing Hossie Daniels to throw the football. So it's all about getting some pressure on him and making sure you get through that Air Force backfield. So at the end of the day, um, you know, the their work is cut out for them on both sides of the ball but it should be a very interesting matchup. I want to now focus on the key defensive players in this matchup between the Falcons and the Cardinals. We talked about the offensive players last Thursday, and unfortunately, um, like I mentioned, a sickness has prevented me from recording up until now, but it is the day of the game. Talk about those here in just a second after we talk about a couple words from our sponsors. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked on Global your first to listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, Local Experts, Betting Advice, and Draft Analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview has begun, and be sure to check it out ahead of this Friday's matchups on New Year's Eve. So, looking into the excuse me, identifying the key defensive players to watch for on both sides of the ball for the Louisville Cardinals. It is the two standouts at linebacker CJ Avery and Yasir Abdullah. We'll talk about why. Those players are the ones to watch for the Cardinals here in just a second right after identifying the Air Force uh, defenders to watch. It is linebacker Vince Sanford and defensive tackle Jordan Jackson. So let's focus on the Louisville side of things. It can be viewed as kind of cliche to focus on arguably the team's two best defenders, uh, current best defenders on the field in CJ Avery and Yasir Abdullah, but I think that the the rationale: and The reasoning speaks for itself. Going up against the number one rushing attack in the country, you need all hands on deck. It's about staying disciplined against a triple option defense, or I'm sorry, triple option offense. And what better way to stay disciplined than being led by example by your two leaders in the linebacking corps? C.J. Avery, arguably been one of the best players against the rush this season for the Cardinals, leads the team in tackles, 87. That's almost 10 more than the next player. Excuse me. He also has three sacks on the season, which is third on the team, or I'm sorry, tied for third on the team. Okay, sorry about that. I'm not necessarily sure exactly what happened there. But ultimately, like I was saying, C.J. Avery, leading by example, six-year senior, uh, Scott Satterfield, called him the quarterback of the defense makes his life that much easier calling defensive plays. Brian Brown would attest to that um, statement as well. And it's just a matter of staying disciplined. You need your veterans to be locked in in this game, even more so than um, a regular matchup, especially in the linebacking core when it's about making reads on the opposing quarterback that's, you know, having all this deception around him, CJ Avery and Yassir Abdul, especially Yassir. I feel like Yassir has, you know, he, before the season, my breakout player for the Cardinals was Abdul. And, um, this, this year he's been absolutely incredible. Uh, 52 tackles on the season. I believe that is uh fifth or sixth, but he is tied for 25th with nine sacks on the year. So it's a matter of, it's kind of a yin and yang, you know, CJ Avery, you get more of a, um, you know, more of a a balance and the rushing attack, you know, defending the rush. And then Yasir Abdullah is great at getting after the quarterback with his speed, athleticism and strength. So you're going to need that linebacking tandem to really rise to the forefront in this one, to be able to get through the line of scrimmage, blow plays up before they're able to get a a bunch of chunk yardage and just be able to make good decisions and good reads. Uh, You know, obviously we keep talking about this term deception, right? Like it's, um, it keeps getting overblown. Like I keep you know, pounding the hammer on deception, deception, de- deception. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what we have to focus on here because the triple option offense, it's different than a matchup against a team like Syracuse. Syracuse came into Cardinal Stadium in November against a Louisville team that... I mean, handled them for the most part. Sean Tucker didn't do all that well. Garrett Schrader didn't do all that well. They made them obsolete um, in the rushing attack and forced them to throw the football. Didn't do necessarily all that well. You ask, well, what's different? It's the fact that how they run the football. It's the schematics. It's the system in which they do so. They execute at a very high level. It's You, you think of the dual threat and focusing on two guys. Now you think of not only number one, great blockers on the outside and up front. But also multiple players that you know, could be carrying the football. In the triple option offense, you have one guy you're know, faking the read option one way, and he's got two other guys running the other way. So I'm interested to see how this team looks um, right away. Obviously, they struggled in 2018 against Georgia Tech, and the team I don't even think punted once. That is three years, three years different. You know, uh, three years from that point. So you have to be able to accept that. But at the end of the day, you know, it just goes to show you. For a team that executes very well their game plan, they uh, are going to be a scary opponent. And I'll talk about why that scares me a little bit more in the next segment. Uh, but focusing now on the Air Force defensive players to watch, the first one is linebacker Vince Sanford leads the team with 56 total tackles. Now that is 31 less <coughs> excuse me, than CJ Avery. And what what I can tell you is, you know, from when looking at the box score, or I guess you could say total stat sheet, cumulative stats, there's one, two, three, four, five, six players with at least 40 tackles on the season. So you're getting a very balanced attack. Vince Sanford leading that Air Force defense, nine and a half sacks on the season, 21st in the country. He's tied for eighth in the country with four force fumbles. Six-one, 210-pound senior from Hamilton, Ohio. Been a um. Just been an overall solid, you know, contributor this year. After not necessarily doing a lot his first two years in 2018 and 2019, so um, you know, Sanford is going to be a player that, you know, we we mentioned why Air Force is you know so tough to defend. Now you look at a global team; it's a little bit different. Okay, you kind of get that you know, the Syracuse style. It's a dual threat quarterback that can really get up through the line of scrimmage. If you don't uh, contain him, Malik Cunningham, one of the most explosive dual threat quarterbacks, not only in the ACC, but in the country as well. It's going to be uh, the work cut out for them for the Air Force Falcon defense. Vince Sanford going to be one player that the Falcons rely on to spy the quarterback and do solid work in the running game or in defending the running game, I should say. So obviously, when you defend Malik Cunningham, it, a lot of some of it's on the defensive lineman. I feel like a lot of it's on the linebacking core. But you know, number one, you have your quarterback spy. You have guys that are just watching after him and being such a focal point of this offense. I you know that has to be assumed that that's going to be incorporated into the game plan. You know, you think about well, okay, Louisville offense. Two words: Malik Cunningham. Because all of you know ninety percent of the good things that happen in this Louisville offense. Come from Malik Cunningham. 10% of the running backs don't get that misconstrued because the 10% is a big percent. But Malik Cunningham, it's more so an indication of how important, how pivotal, how crucial he is to this offense. The Louisville offense goes as he goes. So, hold on, my camera's a little... So, I'm sorry, I'm having all these technical difficulties today, shaking off the rust. So... Uh, the other defensive player to watch for for the Air Force Falcons is the leader on the team in sacks. That is defensive tackle Jordan Jackson. A little bit down there in the total tackles, uh, 37 tackles on the year. I think that that's like seventh on the team. But um, he is a big disruption in the middle. Six foot five, 285 pounds, senior from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, this is basically, you know, his first year. <coughs> playing for the Falcons, and he has been extremely disruptive for that Falcon defense with his length, with his strength, and he has very underrated footwork and a good use of hands in the interior of that Air Force Falcons defensive line. So when you talk about defending the rush, getting through, and trying to get after the quarterback, Vince, I'm sorry, uh, Vince Sanford, Jordan Jackson combined um, for <clears> – <throat> sorry – I can't talk today. Um, I'm sorry. They're, they're, he's not the leader in sacks. I I I, I misspoke. I said that uh, Jordan Jackson was the leader in sacks. That is incorrect. The number two on the team. Uh, Sanford leads the team. But they combine for 16 and a half sacks between the two of them. To get Louisville in some uncomfortable situations, you have to put them in third and long, second and long, third and long. to where you force Malik Cunningham to use his arm and find guys downfield. When you take away his ability to scramble and use his legs, you take away arguably the most dangerous component of his skill set, but he can definitely hurt you either way. But if you you know, take away one option and force him to do one thing, you know, it has been seen throughout this season. And last season, when you put Malik Cunningham in third and long situations and the Louisville offense in third and long situations, they struggle, as does every offense, Dalton. That should be no um, debate. But obviously, for the Air Force defense, Vince Sanford, and Jordan Jackson going to be two that the Falcons rely on to get some containment on the Louisville rushing attack and Malik Cunningham more specifically. So we're going to take a little bit of time now to focus on the final thoughts and predictions. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online who has had you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before <laughs> as football continues its March. Through the college bowl season and toward the pro football playoffs, so it remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the up, <clears throat> head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. For all your favorite sports, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers. Bet online is where the game starts. Okay. Final thoughts, final predictions. It, it's weird thinking that it, today's game day. It's been basically almost a month since the last game of the regular season, but we're finally here. It snuck up on us or kind of creeped slowly toward us, depending on your, your perspective and point of view. But final segment before the game, and we save it always for the final thoughts and prediction. And I'll be completely honest. I've gone back and forth all morning all night the previous about who i have to win this game. Last night it was Louisville. This morning i woke up thinking Air Force has the slight advantage and it really just boils down to how can Louisville defend the nation's number 1 rushing attack. Admittedly, when you look at what they've done this year against one dimensional offenses, Syracuse basically just passed the ball. I'm I'm sorry. I'm Virginia basically just passed the ball. Brandon Armstrong didn't run the ball all that well, but the Cardinal defense couldn't stop in passing wise. That might be a little bit uh, apples to oranges because it's different uh, different strengths for the defense. Syracuse comes to town. The Cardinals do very good job. They you know, make the running rushing game obsolete. They force Garrett Schrader to throw the football. They're down what 31 to seven at halftime against the Cardinals on Lamar Jackson's number retirement day, and the Cardinals end up winning that matchup big. However, when you focus on this Air Force offense, you have to throw out you know, basically what you've seen this season because you're facing a completely different animal. And I don't want to overblow you know, the effect of a triple option offense, but I also don't want to undersell it. Like there's a healthy medium, you know, there's a fine line to cross, but it it's the identity of this team. And there just hasn't been a lot of sample size as to you know, Louisville facing that in this Scott Satterfield era. There hasn't, I don't think there's actually been one instance in the Scott Satterfield era in three years and it should be, I mean, there's only what four to five teams that run it the, the uh, military academy teams in Georgia tech used to Georgia tech. Now, you know, with the new coach has kind of switched um, your playing styles. We saw that in the 2020 loss, they don't run the triple option offense anymore. It's something that's, you know, of the past um, outside of army, Navy, air force, etc. So, you you can kind of plan for it all you want. You can predict all you want. But at the end of the day, it's there's no telltale sign. So it's kind of like taking a shot in the dark. And from what we've seen from Louisville's rushing defense this year, when it's focusing on a primary ball handler, I think Louisville's defense is, in, is better equipped to succeed. But when you have multiple guys, you force more of the linebacking core and the secondary to stay disciplined. That's where you get a little bit... Of some uh, where Louisville gives up some chunk yardage, some big plays, excuse me, etc. So I'm gonna go Air Force here. I'm, but it's it's not a blowout in my opinion. I think you know I I almost went pick them and just said okay neither team wins tie. But <laughs> I'm playing, but that that just kind of you know shows. How torn I am like I last night I went to sleep thinking Louisville this morning I woke up feeling Air Force by 315 when you're or whenever you're listening this I might already be back to Louisville so I'm not sold either way I can see Louisville's offense succeeding against an Air Force defense that maybe not, not necessarily has played as good of an offense as this Louisville offense has. But I also think that they played much better defenses than this Louisville defense and have you know had their way. It really just kind of depends. Um, can the Louisville force some turnovers? Can they get the Air Force offense in third-long situations? They have to execute on the keys to the game. I would like to see the offensive line and the defensive line really just win the trenches. That could be a big indicator on this one, trying to blow plays up in the backfield, forcing Hazik Daniels to throw the football. So overall, my final thoughts on this game is both teams, you know, the the Surpro first responder bowl, there's not too awful much to play for outside of, you know, it being a postseason bowl game. You're playing for pride. You're playing for momentum heading into the next season. So I think that, you know, equal is on the table for both squads. Um, as far as I know, there aren't any, you know, big, Injury or illness related losses for this matchup or at least as you know, as I'm recording this early on Tuesday morning So at the end of the day, I think for Louisville It's going to be a matter of getting their offense on the field and sustaining drives while also keeping the Air Force Offense in situations to where they have to convert third and long type scenarios so ultimately I I think that this is a good test. I'm interested to see how disciplined the Louisville defense comes out. You know, it's going to take the whole, you know, eleven guys on the field from the defensive line to the linebacking core into the back seven and um, you know into the secondary. All of these guys are going to be forced to make some decisions, shred blocks, get into the backfield, force Air Force to make decisions and make mistakes. So ultimately, right now, I, I have Air Force winning. If I had to guess, it's by three points maybe. I think the spread was like two points. Last time I saw it, a point and a half in Lowell's favor. But I, I'm going either way, and um, you know we will see how it goes. But tomorrow, Jeremy Waman joins the show once again. Uh, we'll talk the football game and a basketball uh, review of the Wake Forest contest on Thursday tomorrow's episode we're going to take a back and look into 2021 and reflect about our favorite moments from the year and some bold predictions for the 2022 calendar year so before we get out of here a couple quick shout outs to the cardinal sports zone podcast Um uh, You can check that out at CardinalSportsZone.com. There was no episode due to the holiday weekend. There will be one coming up this weekend, so be sure to check that out. Also, the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But overall, that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. I appreciate you all for being patient as I've battled with a non-COVID-related illness. I'm glad to be back. Thankful to have you back and watching or listening, whichever – whichever platform you're utilizing thank you for making us your first listen of the day keep liking subscribing rating sharing the podcast i can't tell you how much i appreciate it thank you for being along for this ride as we take the next trek to episode 200 which will happen hopefully sometime mid 2022 that's going to wrap up this tuesday edition of the show everyone have a great day go cards